0: All right. Welcome to another edition of Devcast. I'm Adam D'Angelo and I'm here with John Janik. John, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me remotely today. We're doing this via Microsoft Teams. This is a first for us.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think we were both pretty impressed with the sound quality. So I am excited to to give this first general push of virtual studio podcasting. I was listening to SiriusXM on the way. Um we had to go get groceries recently a mission essential task and uh we we were listening to Sirius XM and the entire d j staff are all broadcasting from home, so it seems like this is the this is the thing to do so excited to be here with you
0: yeah, it's interesting. I know a lot of the the late night television shows uh you know the tonight show, et cetera have been doing remote broadcasts. I think Stephen Colbert is broadcasting out of his home office so um yeah, it's amazing. We're, we live in the golden age of technology for being able to communicate and work remotely. Um, so I guess in that regard, we're, we're fortunate right now. Um, yeah, how, how, how are you doing with, uh, this remote work and self quarantine at home with, uh, with the family while trying to work throughout the day? How's that going?
1: Yeah, that's a really, so I think of all the different challenges. We've had to deal with over the years, Uh, you know, being in the foreign service, you end up being in a lot of weird places, doing a lot of weird things. This has been, for me, one of the most interesting. Uh, I remember I was in Belarus in 2010 when the currency crashed and, you know, we couldn't get any meat uh, in the country at all. Right. And it reminded me so much of what was happening around that time, especially immediately, you know, when everybody was panic buying. And it was fascinating to kind of see the human response to both scarcity and then after the fact, right, this artificial scarcity. Because, you know, unlike in Belarus where they're legitimately – where I saw a tweet from somebody who grew up in Tashkent, which is, you know, further to the east. And and it was really interesting because she said people are just losing their minds over silly things. Like the U.S. supply chain is fine, right? Unlike in other parts of the world where you never knew when food was going to show up, food will show up. You just – have to not buy everything off the shelves. And it was really interesting kind of watching the panic response. Uh, and a little disconcerting too that, that, you know, when, when it comes down to it, people tend to revert to their base instincts of, of trying to get as much as they can as fast as they can. Uh, of course supply chain came back, right? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we had to go out fairly recently for food. Grocery stores are mostly back in shape. I think we're we're going to continue to see accessibility, um, and probably a little bit of folks still kind of knee jerking uh, in their buying patterns, and that that's for me the most interesting part. It's interesting also because the behaviors you see in the stores also, for to some extent, are translating into behaviors that you're seeing as folks are getting situated into the into the working space. So for me, you know, Virginia, I live in the state of Virginia. They've canceled public schools through the end of the school year. So however this sorts itself out, um, you know, we're in a position where we have kids at home now all day, every day, from now until August. And so we're struggling a little bit with, okay, how do we make sure everybody gets fed how do we make sure everybody gets some kind of additional learning? Um, how do we make sure that uh, they're entertained? We're very lucky in that we live in the suburbs, so we have a yard and we have plenty of open spaces, so social distancing is not a problem where we live. Uh, so there's lots of interesting nuances that are impacting how we, how we live, how we work, how we interact with society at large. Um, on the other hand, least from my perspective i think that i can see and, I, and we've had this happen a couple of times now where you know we we used doordash for the first time fairly recently worked fantastic right gave him a huge tip because it was like hey you're risking your life for us um we've uh we've probably done more than more than normal purchasing of of food and beverage from local places and picked it up so it's been interesting kind of watching from that perspective um and then I, so, so that's just kind of life in general. I'd be kind of curious what, what, may, you know, what are you seeing life in general? And then maybe we can dive into the work stuff because I, I want to, they're related, but I think it's important to talk about them separately, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I live here in DC. I live in a quieter neighborhood. Um, so lots of families, a lot of people out walking dogs. It's actually been kind of nice working from home and looking out the window. And there's actually a lot of activity in the neighborhood. Um, everybody's, you know, keeping their distance on the sidewalk, but, um, you get to see people out and about. So, you know, for sometimes feeling a little cooped up, I think, um, you know, it, it's positive to me to be able to actually see some humans around who aren't just my immediate family, um, which is also presented some fun and unusual challenges. Obviously I have two little kids at home, so, um. Finding a quiet place to work is sometimes difficult. Um, You know, my wife, Elizabeth, is also working full time as well. And she's she's a a program manager over at the the Urban Institute. So she's constantly on video calls with her colleagues. Um, You know, sometimes the two of us are on conference calls at the same time, which is just just a challenge. Right. Um, But in terms of what else I've seen in the neighborhood, yeah, you know, Um, we've tried really hard to support our local businesses. We, um, have local foods, you know, food stores that we go to and they've taken all the precautions. I mean, you know, you walk in there and you can basically get a mask and rubber gloves as you, you know, if that's the level of protection you feel like you need to be in there. Um, they have hand sanitizer at the checkout. Everybody there is, you know, keeping their distances, but the, the shelves have been stocked. Um, we, you know, thank them every day. We go in there for, uh, for continuing to remain open because I think it is easy to panic and revert to kind of some of those base instincts and say, Hey, the best thing is to to stay home and and look after myself. But there are some of these folks who are running businesses that are, you know, kind of public services. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful that they are, you know, brave enough to stay open. Uh, it, it would be easy to do the opposite. Um, possibly one of their motivators is the economics of it because if they shut down they they may not be able to reopen in a month or two or longer. So uh yeah it's it's been interesting. I've noticed an interesting sense of camaraderie especially with some of our immediate neighbors. We've sent text messages back and forth and have had a few um back porch happy hours. You know, something fun about living in the city is, you know, we live in um you know, a row home here so our neighbors are, you know, their houses touch our house but if we get out on the back deck you know we could we could see them we could wave to them and we could we could chat and we could kind of do our social distancing but still have some uh fun interactions together which has been a positive um but yeah with little kids you know it's it's nice when the weather is good um you know yesterday was cold and rainy all day and i'll be honest that's a bit of a challenging day um to find activities to keep the kids entertained and engaged and, uh, uh, allow you, allow me, uh, some space to actually do some work. So, uh, yeah, it's been a balancing act. It's not actually been as hard as I thought, um, but it's also in other ways, um, been a bit of a challenge kind of from the, uh, I I think you don't miss certain things in life until you give them up entirely. So the idea of we can't actually go to a restaurant for a nice meal out, or I can't go to a bar to catch up, um, with friends over some drinks. You know, you, you actually really, really wind up missing that. And th- did it take very long for me to realize, wow, I really, really missed that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's how we're doing. We're doing well.
1: So that's, yeah, so that's super interesting, right? Let's take that blend as, as kind of the bridge into the work conversation, because one of the things is really interesting the, that your comment triggered a couple of thoughts. One, you know, over the past week, especially I've started, you know, now that the, the immediate crisis of deploying everybody into their, into their own home call center is <laughs> cause, you know, right? Cause with everybody talking at the same time, half the time it sounds like you're in a call center these days. Um, but the other, but the other part is that for me, that's really interesting is that I'm finally getting to the point where we're starting to get it back to a normal cadence where we're trying to reach out and have conversations with people, uh, that we would normally go see. Right. And so that's been super interesting for me, uh, just to figure out how do we blend these social work interactions. I know online I was talking to a uh somebody I know who works at a school and they were doing a virtual happy hour. At dev, you know, we're doing uh uh Jennifer Page, right, is doing um weight training, right? Um I can't remember exactly what it's called, right? But she was doing some great exercise video stuff and they're going to do it again next week. Uh, so, so it's been super interesting how despite the fact that we have now completely, ma- you know, everybody talks about work life, we have just literally mashed them into one word. It's not even hyphenated anywhere. It's just work life, right? <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that's true. Yeah. So uh, my, again, my, my, my wife had um, a happy hour with some of her folks, a virtual happy hour with her uh, colleagues yesterday. And, uh, y- you know, it was fun. I got to walk by and say hi. We brought my kids in for a, you know, for show and tell there and everybody else had their kids or dogs or cats, you know, in the background. And, uh, you know, as long as you're, um, using proper, you know, teleconference zoom etiquette you know if you're not talking stay on mute um you know you could actually have kind of interesting uh i, I won't say conversations it's really more like uh you know a sequence of monologues right <laughs> uh you get you know you can't have 20 people having an interactive conversation and that, that's something that i think is important to learn as well right um when hosting larger conference calls you know i I think the way we interact, it has to be different, right? And in, in my mind, there are a couple of expectations that I've uh, had to, over, over the last week or so, have come to expect of folks, right? If you're not actively talking, please put yourself on mute. Um, if you can't find the unmute button in time to participate in the conversation, well, you are probably multitasking and you've lost your opportunity to say something. <laughs> uh what else do i have oh and, and i was t- telling you this earlier one thing i i really like is hey turn your camera on um i you know the first couple of days you know it, it didn't bother me I, d- I don't think i cared or even noticed you know i could i could work remotely and that's fine for a couple of days but after a week or two yes believe it or not i actually do want to see my coworkers when i'm chatting with them you know and you can have some fun right so so Yes,
1: absolutely. I think that uh, those things are are super interesting. I, I wish you know, Adam, we got to capture those comments and put them into our telework wiki, right? As a as a best practice and nah, I hate that word, but as a as a uh baselining page, right? Because the idea that there is an etiquette to remote work and it's a community etiquette is super important because you have to be more emotionally aware than you ever have before. And I think that's that's something that really needs to be said. So in so I did a blog post, right, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but we put it out there as a way to for teams to talk about what they do now and how they would move that into a remote situation. And one of the most important things that I found in is that look, remote teams carry all of the same problems that you had when you had an in-person team, but they make it they they accentuate it. They make it worse. They make it better in some cases, right? So the so for example, right to your point, that last one I think really struck a chord with me. Where you're like, hey, if you didn't unmute in time, you, you probably you probably weren't paying attention, right? Which is super mm-hmm. important because. You know, in the same vein, we're, we're getting some feedback from people that are doing dev work. Like Nick Schlain recently posted on Twitter about how much more productive his, his platform one team is now that they don't have to sit in meetings all day, right? I noticed the other day that I was in a meeting. I was in our, so don't tell Kendall this, although I'm sure she's going to listen and yell at me, but I was in our PMRs and the, and the, and the, the draw. Right. The actual, it was almost like a gravit, gravimetric pull that you could feel the black hole of work sitting there going, you don't need to pay attention to this, John. They're not talking about anything you need to be focused on. Go do some real work. Right. (laughs) Right. It was like right there. And it was so hard to like ignore it because you're like, I need to pay attention to this. But at the same time, it's so easy just to hit alt tab and go work on something that you personally find more value. And I know we've had this conversation about value in all the contexts. And I think it's so important to make sure that in this time, you know, so I think your comment about being on the camera, being engaged, being present, all super important because if you succumb to those, desires to go work on what's valuable for you you're going to miss being a part of what's valuable for others and the only way this really works is when you recognize and you you understand that you have to be part of the team so when you're in a virtual meeting you're in a meeting don't go into other spaces don't go typing on other things don't go doing other things right be present so
0: yeah yeah, yeah i mean because those are some things you can get away with in a in a in person meeting right and those pmrs you know Sure, you could probably respond to an email from someone else on your team and still actually be listening and then speak up quickly if you have something you want to chime in with, but you know when you're when you're using you know these virtual communication tools you're you're not going to be as fast to get to that unmute button, and that delay is is frankly kind of disrespectful to the other folks who are participating in the conversation and who are very actively engaged with their finger over the mute button getting ready to chime in and and speak up so Yeah, I think there is some interesting etiquette um, that that's kind of developing in my mind as as the weeks add up here. Right. Yeah. So let's use that
1: as a segue into like poor work. Right. So we kind of we talked about life. We talked about work life. Now we're talking now we're talking about work. Um, So how how are you? So I know for me, right. You know, what I'm finding is that the tools that we have 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 performed well. In the new environment, I'm very, very pleased. We can talk a little bit. I know we're going to talk a little bit about what we wish we had done, um, but for the most part, for core productivity tools, you know, we use Microsoft Office 365. We use um, and we use Zoom a lot, and I've been super pleased with both those tools. I think they've scaled well. They've they've really kind of adopted well um, for the for the folks as they've gone into the Teams space. Um, and so I, I think what, a, from my perspective, one of the most powerful things that I've seen has been, and one of the, the reasons why I'm uh, such a huge fan of Zoom now, like I wasn't before, is the fact that on the back end, as we're deploying all these folks into their home environments, a lot of them have never had to do like Wi-Fi surveys or or radio surveys or anything like that. And so they don't, they're having, they're struggling with getting good signal. They're struggling with getting, and they're thinking it's a zoom problem, but because for example, zoom captures so much data, we're able to pull that and say, looks like this is actually a problem in the network space. What's your signal strength look like? You know, we're able to ask better, more targeted questions to help people get, to production more quickly and that has got such a huge massive value for me because if we're going to be successful in a remote first environment people have to be productive in the same way they can be productive in the office in as much as they can understanding that there's just so much more on the table that's the last thing i would probably end you know my comments with is that for me the biggest struggle with core work has been you can't step away from it anymore right and so i'm constantly even more so than before in this mode where gosh maybe i can sneak upstairs and this is your fault by the way maybe i can sneak upstairs and do one more red hat module before i have yeah. to go to dinner right <laughs> Cause I'm doing training. I'm doing that training, right? So, so it's like, maybe there's that one more thing I can do and squeeze it in before I should go do something else. And I'll be honest, like yesterday, I, I hit a wall and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to close the laptop yeah. and I'm going to go play games with my wife and the kids. And we just, and we did that. My kids have gotten into World of Warcraft. And oh, so fun. we just, we just did that for like an hour and everybody had a, a, a huge fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, it was a really great time. So. So anyway, so that's,
0: that's been my work perspective. Yeah. That's been where we're at. How about you? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, y- years ago when I was just kind of doing, uh, basic, you know, software development work, um, part of a, a scrum team, uh, I had been working remotely, uh, for, for years at a time. This was kind of my first couple of years at Dev. I was, uh, working on a project team and was largely remote. And I thought my days were always very productive, but frankly, longer, right? Um, I think one of the benefits of working from home is that you can take more natural breaks throughout the day and more productive breaks, right? You know, if I'm in the office, I'll, I'll be honest, if I'm taking a break, I'm probably, uh you know, going to a news website, right? You know, that's probably what I'm doing. Um, maybe I'm walking around and chatting with a few folks, but that quickly turns into work before you know it, right? So there are less opportunities in my mind when you're in the office for uh productive like work life balance breaks where if I'm home, hey, you know what? I could take a break and that might be throwing a load of clothes in in the washer, right? Um, which is great. Uh the downside, like you sort of alluded to, is that the day doesn't really have a firm start or firm stop, right? You know, the first thing in the morning, you know, pretty much what I do almost every day is I start checking emails, see what came in after the last time I checked, and if there's anything that requires an urgent response. But there's no real end to the day. Um and it's hard to know when I feel like I'm done done, you know, and uh So it it's it's a challenge. It's not that the days are busier than they were, necessarily, but with some of the distractions that can happen at home and obviously the the work distractions that happen as well, that the day just feels busier than ever, maybe more full from an overall perspective. Um is kind of what I've noticed recently.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really so we had talked a little bit about this, and some of this is because we are definitely communicating more than ever before. And that that takes energy, right? The act that so so things that maybe You didn't have, I I know my email has just exploded and Teams chat and Slack and, you know, all these venues that normally wouldn't see a whole lot of, of traction now are becoming primary ways of engagement. So for me, it's like I have to pay attention to more uh, information channels than ever before. I'm being asked to engage in more ways than ever before. And I'm having to really flex myself to stay on top of things where before it would be a collisionable action, right? It'll be us, you and I being in Reston and talking for 15 minutes and feeling like, okay, we had a check in. We're good. Everybody's on the same page. You know, Adam's on, on his way. I'm on my way. We can, we can do it again in a couple of weeks, right? So it's, so it's been interesting for me to kind of watch that transition and wa- watch those things happen. But I, I agree with you. I think. For me, at least, it's having the self-discipline to say, you know, unless there's something really emergent or emergency-based, like, the day is done, I will come back to this tomorrow, right? Because work never ends. That's that's the the key thing that I think needs to be reinforced. There there will always be something else to work on, right?
0: Oh, for sure. I'll tell you what I miss the most now that you, you said uh, those collisionable occasions, right? That's what I miss the most, frankly, because the individuals who... I'm scheduled to interact with the individuals who I, I, I need to interact with to achieve a certain task. You know, I do. But mm-hmm. it's the other folks who, you know, I always really like chatting with that person in the office and and because of that conversation, it stirs up a new idea, and then we you know create a new project based off of that, right? That's not happening right now, unfortunately. And and I definitely missed that, right? Those folks who I eh, probably don't have any scheduled reason to talk to them, but because of how full the day is, it's hard to really carve out the time to purposefully now accidentally talk to them so those are some of those weird things that i i think i'm still adapting to and uh um you know hopefully i'll find a a solution that works for me to kind of be able to create more of that engagement but that's something that i think is difficult to do remotely
1: yeah slack so it's interesting right because remote teams and there's some psychological basis for this right so slack i think generates kind of a, a by default other stuff channel. I can't remember what they call it exactly, right? But you know, there is a need for, and, and I think I talk a little bit about this in the blog too, right? There's a need for lolcats, right? you know, like, <laughs> because that's where random or or, or newsfeed, right? So one of the, you've noticed, like in our teams chat for DevLab, I have a newsfeed and innovation feed, and I just try and throw stuff out there because. Like, I I don't – it hasn't really caught on yet, I. but those are the kinds of interactions that spur conversations, right? When people are present, they're engaged, they're interacting, that's when just random things happen, right? So a lot of this comes from – and I don't know if I mentioned this before, right? But I was a game developer in a previous life, and so you, you see how people act, act and interact inside video games – And you can bring those traits forward, right? So Slack, believe it or not, was a bunch of game developers, right? So they brought forward everything they had learned from the platform they had developed. The glitch was the game they had developed. And they brought it forward, and it allowed them to understand how do people interact? How do people find time for those collisionable activities, right? And that's gold, right? You know, it's, it's tough to actually make hay out of it. Because there's so many little interactions, but when something magic does happen, it's like a unicorn appears, right? So, right? That's, and that's been my experience is that you'll just have a conversation. Somebody will say something and like, Oh, that's brilliant. We really need to turn that into a project and we have to find ways to bridge that forward. So, so I would say, um, so I mean, like that's, that's maybe a good segue to talk a little bit about like what we had, what we had wished we had done
0: months ago. right (laughs) sure yeah i bet there are a number of those things but uh kind of latching on to what you you know were just talking about and you know how to leverage these tools to create those kind of collisionable interactions um you know maybe what i wish we did months ago is help to streamline some of these tools right you know we actually did a, a a lot of introduction of tools right we added Microsoft Teams to our repertoire, which in my mind is a fantastic addition. Um, it's worked out really well for us, but now we have Teams and Zoom and Slack. And, uh, you know, I, I know some people were, or, even though they've been asked not to, are still using Skype. You know, there, there are a lot of different ways that we're kind of doing these, uh, digital interactions right now. And possibly we are in this place where there just might be too many to, you know, really foster more of that um, uh, ad hoc conversation with a larger environment, right? There are certain folks who I know I could always reach that person on Teams, but I know for sure that these folks who are on a project team are never on Teams, right? I just know that. So um, I actually had to like purposefully go to the tool that they're using, um, which just creates another level of uh another barrier for me, another – Place where I might be sending information here and the same information there, and I might have forgotten to send it the other place. So it's, it's, it's hard to keep track of who knows what in this virtual environment since we, we may have too many tools, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not a whole lot different than like, so I'll give you a good example, right? Um, it's not a whole lot different from my perspective than different client locations mm-hmm. or different physical like uh, use bars for an example right so i know i know john likes to go to this bar but then there's the then there's four courts and then there's this other bar and clear right and so you end up in this whole scenario where where can i actually find the people that i want to talk with and it takes energy to both think through that and then to actually go there right so so i think it's important you know people just assume it's easy it's not easy Right, there's a reason why we create spaces for people to have these interactions, and why that is is really hard. Just even you talk to, um, you talk to um, Zappos and how they do things, right? And I know you've done some of the space tours with like Motley Fool and some of those organizations, right? Even creating physical spaces that encourage interactions is yeah. really, really tough. Um, it only gets worse when you dive into the digital world where everybody assumes there's no cost and that's just simply not true there's always a cost to interaction there's always a cost right so so I think that's super interesting and and to that point right I agree with you hundred percent the one the the things that I wish we had done two months ago we were and trained to do some very interesting um, migrations away from like our active directory on-premise active directory to go to full cloud directory services to go to you know really kind of pushing this cloud first remote first operating model and i just wish we had really leaned into that hard because now i feel like we're struggling and we have A distributed workforce, many of whom have laptops who are joined to an active directory, an on-premise active directory, are going to have to be cut loose. And that's – and now – so now we've got all these technical challenges that we have some ideas on how to solve. But we've increased our workload by not focusing on the right things earlier on, right? Um, the other side of that coin from, uh, so, you know, from the enterprise technology platform to your point is, you know, you and I have been talking since I came on board in October and how do we create spaces for people to put ideas for, for us to have conversations around? And we had talked about kind of a product board and we had talked about maybe the, and we had set up kind of the dev lab and teams and we're still struggling to find our pace. Uh, and that's something that I really wish we had more clarity and definitively defined and encouraged engagement on before now, because I think it's going to be twice as hard now as it was two months ago. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I I think what's going to be interesting for us to solve as well, time keeps going and who knows how long we're going to be working remotely is how do we, you know, circle back and correct some of these things. Right. Um, Because it's easy to look back and say, "Boy, I wish we did that a few months ago." But well, we we might still have a few months of this, you know, telework only posture. And if if that's the case, okay, well, we can't, you know, just stop the press, right? We, We we need to keep pressing forward. So, how do we leverage the tools we have? How do we create more interactions with folks across project teams, across technology platforms? uh to to achieve some of these things you know it's, it's fine for us to say boy we should have done this but well too late right so what do we do now i think yeah. is, is a is another interesting question and you know i also am really looking forward to trying to chat with some of our project managers over the next couple of weeks because i'm curious at the the program and project level how their teams are doing right do they feel as uh, maybe maybe as swamped and disjointed as you and i are feeling these days um, or or do they have a greater sense of focus because i know when i've worked on you know remote teams as a developer um, years ago uh, i i preferred that right and don't get me wrong i did like coming in for some co-location um, you know for specific problem solving but for the most part when it comes to slinging code i i was doing that better by myself <laughs> without all the meetings getting in the way
1: I think that's going to be super interesting. And I I think, you know, when we look on the flip side of that, what do we want to learn? What do we want to understand? You know, I I think I made the comment about Nick Schlein saying that cloud cloud one and platform one are, are rolling more updates than ever before. Right. Because suddenly all these all these meetings, that old that old meme. Right. Gosh, this meeting could have been an email now suddenly is, right? And it allows the people who are doing the work to get to work. So I think it will be interesting to see because I think we're going to get some of that. Um, what's going to be interesting from my perspective as well is to figure out what tools for the team are working. Were those tools selected by consensus or was it top-down? And how do you determine, how do you do that check-in? Right. How do you actually make sure that just because you think it's working, it actually is working? Right. So I, you know, I'm super fascinated and I can't wait to talk with, with some of the PMs. I think we're going to try and get them on devcast here soon. Right. Because I I think some of their insights are going to be so much more interesting than, than just, (laughs) I hate to say it. Like you and I have kind of the 70,000 foot perspective because of what we're working on, where we're at, what we're trying to deal with. Uh, at the working level, I agree with you. I expect that they're going to be like, this has been the best thing ever. I can, I can focus. I can get my work done. I don't have to worry about people calling me into silly meetings and I can just move out. And that's, that's going to be super interesting as well because maybe there's, maybe there is something to be learned in this. Maybe we can come back on the other side of this whole, whole activity and say, what are the important things we learned out of this and how do we keep them? How do we make them part of our dev culture to allow us to serve our clients and our customers better, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great thought. I know, you know, Kendall's been talking about one of our core values a lot lately and that's resilience. And, you know, as a company, I think we've shown a lot of resilience in, in the face of this. And I think doing kind of a retrospective at the end of this of, hey, what did we really learn here? What should we take away and, and encourage more of in the future? Um, what do we need to improve? Should should a situation such as this occur again is you know absolutely important. But uh, kind of focusing on the people aspect of it and how we've interacted and what was successful and not successful, I think will be uh you know a fun and enlightening conversation for both a couple of weeks as we get to chat with some of our program teams for sure
1: yeah i know i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a great conversation
0: all right well john i think we did about 30 minutes here and uh let's uh let's say goodbye to all the listeners and uh we'll we'll uh try to get some of our program teams on and chat with them over the next few weeks how's that sound
1: I am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fantastic. And and thanks for, ha- you know, thanks for, thanks for doing all the work putting this together, Adam. I think it's, uh, this is definitely a model that as much as I love Dev Studio, right? And we're going to get back to Dev Studio at some point, or maybe we'll just send the equipment out and <laughs> we'll just get everybody set up at home. But I, but I think, um, again, Dev is resilient. We've shown that we can keep moving on and uh, I'm looking forward to doing the next one with you too.
0: All right. Well, thanks, John. And talk to you soon. Bye. See
1: you next time. Bye.